2: Meet Allison, teammate at Truist Bank.
0: Hi. She was born to care and she always had your back. You could say that. Like that time back in the mid-80s when she spotted Stacey Kaminsky with her new perm and a car was coming, about to hit a puddle. So Allison jumps in front of the splash, just in time to protect Stacy's fresh curls. Look, I had to do it. A wet perm just doesn't work. Today, Allison's a teammate at Truist, the bank that starts with care. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Learn more at truistcom care. Truist Bank, member FDIC.
3: This podcast is proudly in association with Pitch Sport Football, the app that allows you to interact with other West Ham fans, pick your starting 11, and participate in fan time videos. This app is absolutely free, so like I've done, like X has done, and like thousands of other West Ham fans have done, get this downloaded if you haven't already. That's Pitch Sport Football. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi Oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself Dave Walker and XWH whu employee. One point from a possible six has seen this drop to tenth in the table. Defeat at Stamford Bridge last night had some fans asking questions, but with two games left in 2020 starting with Brighton at home, there's still every chance that we could end the year sitting pretty in the Premier League. We'll be talking about all things West Ham before getting the latest news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. Let's talk about David Moyes, because for the first time in a while, his tactics came into question last night. What are your thoughts on his decision to play four at the back and
2: start in Mark Noble in a midfield three? Um, I kind of understand why he did it, because I think, you know, away at Chelsea is a tough game. You want to try to shore it up. Usually we play five at the back. Obviously, we maybe don't have that option now with um, Masuraku out, although personally, I think you could give... Uh, Johnson ago, go, um, but he obviously wants to shore it up with Noble in there um, and try and hit them on the counter with Bowen and um, Funels. But I think it was a strange one. I, I would have rather if he was going to bring Noble in have Ben Rama on the left instead of Funels because if you're hitting people on the counter, you need direct wingers they're going to break with it with dribbling and with pace and Ben Rama's more of that player than for now's I think the criticism of Noble has been very very harsh yes he's only played two games really the Newcastle game the Chelsea game he's not particularly played that well in them you can't judge him on those two games And I think people say he's been rubbish for the last four years or whatever it's not true I think that's really really harsh but I don't think he should have done that personally because we're playing well playing Played well against Leeds, played well against Palace. I I just think go with that winning kind of... or he didn't play that well against Palace, I guess, but go with that kind of winning thing that's keeping... or winning or playing well thing that was keeping us getting results and kind of, yeah, see what happens. So it was... uh, You know, I don't want to criticise him too much because I can understand why he did it and it backfired. um, And, you know, but at the end of the day, Chelsea, Chelsea away is one of the toughest fixtures that you're going to face this season so we would have probably lost whatever we would have done so I'd, I don't know I'd, I'd, I think some of the criticism he's got has been quite harsh personally yeah and
3: it, it goes back to just how fickle some West Ham fans can be you know it, one week he's a hero the next he isn't and some of the criticism I've seen of David Moyes as well as Mark Noble I agree is completely harsh but I didn't fancy it last night, if I'm honest. I I did find the selection quite uninspiring because I was wondering where the goals were going to come from. Because if we go with a flat-back four straight away, um, you know, unlike win-backs, no one's going to get forward as a full-back. So straight away, if you go with a flat-back four, they are there purely for the purpose of defending. And then if you look at the central three we started with, you know, you could say that Declan and Tom. Of box to box players, but you wouldn't say any of the three, including Noble, are outright attacking players. So, again, you've gone through the majority of your players there, and, and not one of them are attacking minded. So, then it comes down to four now's Bowen and Halea. Now, Bowen, I love him, you know, he's an absolute workhorse, he's quick on the break, he can create, no issues there whatsoever. But again, it comes back to Nows not having the pace to play the position he's playing. And yeah. that's, the, that's the problem, you know. Again, you look in that midfield, pace at this level is so important. And in Nobor and Fulnau's, you've got two players there that don't really have any. So I really was struggling to see where the goals are going to come from. And it's no surprise, really, that we didn't have a single shot on target, which, in my opinion, regardless of who you play or where you play, that's poor. That's not good enough. And and I'll tell you what frustrated me a bit last night as well, and it does with West Ham from time to time, is that we don't really have a variation of play. If we're trying to attack a side and the way that we're attacking them isn't working, then we don't tend to change that strategy much. Like, for example, if we are struggling to break down their defence in the box, in the final third, then why not shoot from range? Test the goalkeeper more. Their goalkeeper especially is having a bit of a wobble at the moment. There's some question Mm. marks over him. So... Shoot from range. You know, you you don't ever see Mark Noble shoot from range. Declan's got one hell of a peg on him. Shoot from outside the box. And again, if you don't want to employ that tactic, start to get some balls into the bloody box. We've got a six foot four striker there who needs something to feed off of. Now, I know it's an ongoing argument with Pallier, but we don't, I don't know, change our strategy when we play teams enough, in my opinion. And that disappointed me a bit last night. I don't know if you agree.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. We needed to test the keeper, to be like you said, and he's looked a bit dodgy from sort of shots on target. I mean, he, I think it was the the analysis on the um game yesterday pointed out that he's not really faced. Like everyone thought, it was amazing, but that's yeah. his chance. He had no real shots on goal, and then when they did, he's let them in, and we, and we just didn't test him at all. I mean, you know, there was a couple of chances where we should have done better, but uh, yeah, I agree. No, one, no the the problem, like you said, with having no. In midfield, is that there's no one out of those three that are pushing on and breaking through. So even mm. if there holds it up, you know he's either gonna have to go to the right or to the left. He's got no options from someone breaking in beyond him, you know, like your sort of Andy Carroll, Kevin Nolan-esque thing. You've got he's got no option to play it through to anyone, whereas if Ben Rama or nows or even Lanzini, you know, I know Lanzini was injured, but you know, hypothetically, if you had one of those players pushing in beyond him you would get more chances to attack the goal and and so on and yeah I I, I, I think it was a, a shame it's almost like we set up to try and like nullify them and then and then try and hit them which is a shame and yeah he probably got it wrong and I think but the thing is, I think even if he'd done any other tactic, it's you know, it's a you could, losing to Chelsea away is not is not going to define our dece- our season. Yes, we won there last year. We did the double over them last year. But I think we 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 need to just make sure that we get the three points against Brighton and get our get our um decent season back on track.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. And and listen, I do feel sorry for Moyes because the squad is Fred Bear? You know, it, we'll come to the, um, the decision to use two goalkeepers on a bench in a minute. I do feel sorry for him in that respect. And to be fair, when you look at the game last night, we was in the game for, for probably the majority. But I think Moisey was right really when he said that we didn't do enough in either box. And it's as simple as that. Mm. Um, but it was frustrating at times. Uh, but I do think a three nil scoreline flat at Chelsea for sure. Um, VAR was a waste of time once again. I mean, firstly, I've looked at it five or six times and I just cannot understand why Bowen's goal was disallowed. Why hasn't the ref asked to look at it? Because if he does, then surely he gives the goal, doesn't
2: he? Yeah, I don't know, mate. I, I, I don't know the rules anymore, to be honest with you. Like, that one wasn't... He didn't even look at that one. Um, And then you look at Rice. I've seen some stuff this morning where if you look at a different angle, it looks like he's on the side. I, I just although that one's a bit sceptical. I, I just don't know what the rules are anymore. I, I'll be honest, if you like, was it because the ref had blown up already? Um, so that the, the player, it could be argued that the player and the keeper had kind of stopped because they thought it was a foul. And so if he then said it was a goal, they could argue that they only kind of stops because or didn't do what they would have done normally because they knew the whistle had gone. I, I don't know, I don't know just what it is anymore, mate. And it feels it feels awful to him, like you know, me that's watched football for 30 years, uh, like live. I mean, I've only seen it for 30 years, I've watched it for longer. You know, look, I've um, you know, you saw Scott Parker the other day say that he doesn't even really understand what the rules are anymore, mm. and it's an absolute joke that most people now just don't know hundred percent what the rule is or what the decision is. They've brought in too many changes and too many with such small margins of between what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. And it just makes the whole game far less enjoyable. I mean, I, I, honestly don't watch much football anymore Like I I've, I don't think from memory I've watched match of the day this season occasionally if it's the weekend with the fact that we're in lockdown and there isn't much else to do I might stick it on and it's in the background like one of the live matches and stuff but I, I genuinely just not that interested in it anymore apart from West Ham I still watch West Ham as much as I would do normally but everything else I just think has been so massively killed by this that they need mm. to do something drastic to really bring it back
3: Mm, oh yeah i couldn't agree more i I cannot stand the technology and i cannot stand the rule book and they contradict each other at times and it it just it kills the sport for me and the biggest one that we've said on many occasions is taking that euphoria away from fans when you score a goal because you never know if it's going to be pulled back um and it's an absolute killer and you know what looking at chelsea's third goal for what it's worth because the game was probably dead then anyway
2: i think the challenge from Pulisic on Fabianski, I've seen them giving, you know? Yeah, I thought that, I thought it was a foul as well, personally, because he's, he's jumped into him, and he's, yeah, Fabianski probably would have gone in the same direction he did anyway, but he has helped to push him that far back or that far over, and then Fabianski's not been able to get up in time to like get a second, like get a second attempt in, um, and I, I I've seen them give it for fouls as well. Did he even look at that on VAR? I believe it's No, I can't no, remember. No, no they, that's uh, what I mean. I don't understand. I don't understand. Is it because we're West Ham?
3: I mean, I I don't I don't get it. It's it's so strange where some of these decisions, especially when they're so heavily contested, and the amount of investment that goes into it, and. I just can't understand why they're not covering all angles. Again, I go back to the Man United game when it was kicked out of play. The the second that ball went out of play, David Moyes is appealing. So why, A, is he not checking it, the ref, or VAR? And B, if they can't check it because they don't have that line technology, why don't they have it? because it is a part of the game yeah um drives
2: me mad it's such a it's an absolute shambles mate and it's really really sad because technology on the whole across other sports has massively improved it now i know the games are different you know because they maybe are not as continuous as football so certainly things like cricket you know where it stops every time the bowlers bowled the ball the batters hit it or whatever because they you know there's a period of pause i understand that it's probably easier to implement it in Those games, you know, same with American football and and stuff, but you know, like tennis, they've got it, they've done it well in tennis, they've done it well in pretty much all sports, it seems. The goal line technology, they, they managed to do really well. But this whole VAR thing, maybe they did too much in one go. You know, with the goal line technology, it was just one thing, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Whereas may, maybe they did too much in one go, and um, and they and they just weren't ready for it. They brought it in too quickly. But whatever, whatever the case, they have to really sort it out because it is going to destroy the love of the game, and it's all becoming so like confused. It's just not good. No, I
3: know, and it's supposed to. to to improve the fairness of the game and add value to the game, but it's just been detrimental and it's taking the fun away for fans. And Mm. uh, I just want it got rid of, to be honest with you. Well, the best Um,
2: thing in football, mate, sorry to interrupt. The best thing in football is that euphoric moment of scoring a goal. Yeah. And there's now just such an element of doubt every time West Ham score or the opposition score, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, is it going to be disallowed? And I'm praying there's VAR when it's a goal against us. And I'm um, obviously dreading it if it's a goal for us. And you you just don't get that instant reaction anymore, that meaningfulness of a goal. You know, like the, the reason I don't like basketball, for example, is because every kind of basket doesn't really have any significance until the last, like quarter or whatever it is they do in basketball, because Mm. it's just because their scores are like generally like, I don't know, 65, 62 or whatever. So you do. So in basketball, when they score a basket, the crowd barely make a noise because they're just like, oh, great. Well done. But whereas Mm. in football, a goal means so much, but now it doesn't. So you're in Mm. danger of it becoming like that. 100%.
3: Uh, We started with two keepers on the bench last night. For those who might
2: not know, why do you want to explain yes mate it was coming in my section um but i'm happy to take it now if you want me to um but it's up to you um yeah you might as well do mate because it's in context of conversation isn't it? Uh, okay well basically the whole of the under the whole of the academy squad have been in isolation because of covid tests now this now this now Um, well publicized mutant strain or whatever is now (laughs) taking its um, toll very quickly and it seems obviously i'm not a scientist i'm just going on what i read in the the papers um or here on the news but it seems that people get infected a lot quicker and it's basically swept through the academy's um staff and players so that when it comes to naming um like players on the bench like you probably would do like you know at the moment Coventry is injured but the likes of Coventry, Ashby, uh, Mipo is injured as well I can't remember his surname on Renko or something um him uh Ashby did I say him can't remember um Nathan Holland you know although Nathan Holland has actually been training with the first 11 um there are a lot of players that potentially you would fill the bench with for experience Longello, I think that's his name he played a game in the cup didn't he at left back mm. quite well baptiste um unless you know there's a lot of them that you could have filled the squad with but unfortunately they're in isolation therefore there is no no other players so uh, like if you if you stick um two keepers on the bench it's pretty pointless because at the end of the day it would take a very very bizarre twist of event, events for first um fabianski to be injured or sent off then randolph then for you to need martin and for you to have not have made the the required three that they allowed three subs by that point so yeah it was all it's all basically the academy stuff so um yeah that was the reason i mean i've got to be honest i'm a bit confused by this and
3: i wanted to get your take on it because is there an argument to say that we don't value our academy enough and what i mean by that is to put the entire squad into isolation as opposed to potentially giving one of them an opportunity sounds strange to me i mean why in theory could you not look at one of the top boys give him a covid test and if it's negative put him in the squad i don't i don't understand why you just launch all of your under 23s into isolation
2: I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a scientist. I, I'm not. I'm not involved in all of these decisions. Um, I, I do know that with the new strain of um that is about that all players have to have a test every 72 hours now. Um, so in theory they could have done that, I guess, but I think. I think from what I understand is if you've been around someone that's tested positive you have to go into isolation yourself for 10 days and it doesn't matter if you then get a test within those 10 days that says you're negative because the symptoms may like have not uh, manifested themselves yet so that you um so that you could st- test negative but actually be positive um so i think if you've been around someone positive within 10 days you have to go into isolation and i think that's what happened here
3: so what happens then if one of our players tests positive tomorrow does that mean the whole of the first team have to go in isolation and not play the game on the
2: 29th well i don't know because this is where it where it contradicts itself a little bit because if you remember it's a David Moyes and yeah someone else can't remember who it was, uh, was... Malenko had it oh they? yeah Malenko. and sure there was someone else when he said oh um cullen um you know we were able to play a game then weren't we and that's why Moyes wasn't on the touchline for a while so mm. i really i really don't know mate with with everything like this um with covid it seems to contradict itself anyway so i i have i have no real genuine knowledge of it but I do know that's why the academy were not supposedly available and I do know they're all in isolation at the moment I mean I guess um we with the first team as well they they're having tests every 72 hours so maybe the academy players aren't having it that regularly I, I don't know I'm, just, I'm being very hypothetical here because I don't know I'm guessing but um Whatever the case is all very messed up. I mean, isn't it is it Millwall, maybe? Millwall have I think have cancelled two of their next um championship games because uh, their players have tested COVID. I'm pretty sure I read that um uh, um the other day. Let me just quickly Google it, but I'm pretty sure um uh they they did. Um let me just quickly look. Uh yeah, Millwall make statement as fixtures postponed two days after Forest Clash Millwall matches against Bournemouth and Watford postponed after COVID outbreak. Jesus. So, I mean, the thing is with this new strain, I think this is going to happen constantly. Like, you know, I think games are going to get cancelled all the time. Um, it seems like fans aren't going to be allowed back in again for a while. You know, I'm in tier four now. I mean, we were talking off air. Are you lucky bastard? Seems to be in tier, <laughs> tier two, even oh, though every everywhere around you is in tier four.
3: <laughs> know, it's, it's funny, you know. I mean, oh, I shouldn't laugh because there's so many people that are unfortunate. But how the fuck I've managed to escape with a tier two? I don't know. I've just come back from a weekend away. I'm going out to a restaurant tonight with a missus. I'm, I'm all right, to be honest. I probably. can't even
2: get my fucking house.
3: <laughs> I, mate, fucking... I shouldn't laugh i should not <laughs> laugh. I'm,
2: I'm, I'm laughing at my luck to be honest with you. i know mate nice that's that fucking sums up everything though mate you probably put a better bet on it knowing you yeah. as well like you know, which place pick somewhere random that's gonna be in tier two and you'd have picked it without even been <laughs> thinking you probably would have been drunk and just randomly pointed on the map it's just ridiculous. you like, honestly, you should well, do the lottery every week. You'd be <laughs> right now you'd be the only person to win it three or four times over. Right, it's it's crazy.
3: Honestly, we we have had a, a touch, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, how long it will last? I don't know, because it seems to change like the fucking wind. These new rules and regulations that come out, and I think it's another bollocks. But going back, well, to maybe, Ham,
2: maybe maybe the people that make these decisions have seen yours and your wife's um, Facebook statuses and stuff, expressly expressing, expressing <laughs> your anger at, at it all. They don't they don't want to mess with the walkers. So they yeah, say, maybe. Oh, yeah, stick him in here too. That will appease him. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I doubt it, but maybe. <laughs> um, now, going back to West
3: Ham, mate, I do I do find that strange. I do find it strange and confusing because, I mean, there's players there that he could have picked over having a keeper on the bench. So That makes me think, well, you know, is he that fussed about some of the players in that squad? Has he missed an opportunity? Does he care? Does he think it was worth it throwing two keepers on the bench? And then I think, well, if it is a serious situation and he's just got their interests at heart, How are more games not being cancelled? Because entire squads could be wiped out with this. But then you showed me the example of of Millwall, and then maybe that is the case. Maybe we're going to see that more and more.
2: Um, Yeah, I think we will, mate. I think we will um, be seeing it a lot more. Because the thing is, like you say, if it is more contagious than the last one, well, it only takes like one person to get it when they're in the team hotel or when they're on the training ground or, or something like the players don't seem to care like they you know last night there was a picture of Declan shaking hands with Frank Lampard you see the players shaking hands of each other they all spit left right at the same time was it Abraham's doing a massive phlegm yesterday <laughs> uh, like, So, so like, they obviously don't really care about it and, and at the end of the day maybe like, this is the problem. I, I don't really know, mate. I, like I say, it's getting obviously a bit political with the whole COVID thing, but I, I just think the whole thing is just an absolute depressing shambles. Like, my I, I, I you know, people people uh, are sort of really struggling with this like and i think yes if there was a clear decision you need to go into isolation and there was clear evidence and stuff and if boris hadn't promised us so we could have christmas with our relatives only to retract it a couple of weeks later it's the indecisiveness which is the biggest thing i think he's just going to stick with one thing and go with it yes everyone hates being in lockdown it's absolutely shit you know without me to go into huge huge details of my life i'm already going through enough as it is, which is made 10 times harder by the fact that we're in COVID because, you know, everything that we're going through is just multiplied by the fact that we can't have people over, we can't see relatives, hospitals are like in chocker i can't even go into the hospital with the person that's affected because of the regulations um it's just absolutely shocking um and it, it's really quite depressing but if we all knew what we were meant to do and it was consistent you can stick to it you know people have fought in world wars on christmas day and not want to be stuck in the fucking trenches so when you put it in perspective of that it is not that hard to stay in your own house but um Mm. at the end of the day it's the indecisiveness and stuff that is the hardest thing and um i think i don't know it's like that with football there's just so everything is just so unclear at the moment i don't know what the answers is and I i doubt many people do know what the answers are they can try and give you an answer but it's probably wrong or it's probably could be contradicted by something else yeah i know talking about depressing
3: It was a bit of a sad sight, really, when it's seeing Deck and Frank embrace at the end.
2: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, don't read anything. So I mean, at the end of the day, they, they know this comes in my section as well. They do know each other. You know, it's not, it's not, um, CK knowledge. They know each other. They, for, uh, Declan's really good mates with John Terry, who's obviously really good mates with Frank. Um, Frank used to play for West Ham. You know, he played for Chelsea. There, there's he They obviously know each other. They know each other well. They've got a lot of respect for each other. know, if you're Declan Rice, you're in England, you're growing up as a, a midfielder supporting Chelsea. Well, Frank Lampard is going to be your idol, isn't he? So then the fact that he gets to see him on the pitch... You know, yes, Chelsea are keen on him. Yes, Lampard likes Rice. Yes, Rice respects Lampard, but it's no different at the end of that game as it is to is it to, to the out to, before the game. Mm, I
3: know, I know what you're saying, but um, I just think you know what you just said there. And this isn't ITK stuff. This is just opinions. It's bound to have been so many phone calls between the two of them, there? Like, as yeah. in actual tapping up. I mean, it, it must have happened because it happens all the time in football. And you just would have loved to be a fly on the wall on those conversations and seeing what's been discussed and even what's been agreed, dare I say. Um, but it's, it's sad because with Deke, you just see him get better and better and better and better and better and just be so important to everything West Ham does. You know, if I was to name an all-time West Ham eleven based on my time going there, Deck has to be in there. That's how good he is. And I just, it's, it's always tinged with sadness when I see how well he does for West Ham because I know it's not going to be forever. He's going to go. He's not going to be at West Ham long
2: term, is he? Um, probably not, no. I mean, at the end of the day, he's still only 21. Even if he stays with us another two or three years, he'll still be 24. Plenty of time to go and win things mm. elsewhere. The question is, how long are we going to be able to keep him for? If we can build on this season, or even achieve something this season, you know, had we beaten Chelsea yesterday, we'd have been right up there. We really would. In the in the high parts of the league, looking at the likes of Liverpool and Man City and Tottenham and so on, rather than looking at Sheffield United and so on, Um, but uh, at the end of the day... He's too good for West Ham. It's it's That's just factual, like too good. For, uh, dare I say it, probably too good for our owners. Too good for West Ham is maybe the wrong thing to say. Too good for our owners. Because if we had the right owners that would have a player like him and be doing all they can to move us on to the next level, then maybe he isn't too good for West Ham. But the bottom line is we're not going to get any better, are we? We're never going to spend any money. We may have a season where we do well. And Moyes might do well for us, but we're never ever going to achieve the same as like Chelsea or Man United or Man City or whoever's in for him.
3: The the biggest problem that we've got is that it's not even about money with deck. I don't think because when you look at all the connections that draw him to Chelsea, that's our Achilles heel. You know, his best mate in Mason Mount plays for Chelsea. His family are Chelsea mad. Uh, He's a Chelsea fan himself. You know, he, Likes Frank Lampard, has got a good relationship with him, close to John Terry. I mean, fucking hell! How can you compete against that when you're West Ham? It's not even as if he's just money hungry, and he and he'll say to West Ham, "Well, look, all right, give us 250 grand a week, and I'll stay." I, I, I think there is the emotional draw to Chelsea. That's that's a, that's the problem. And I, you know, I've got everything crossed that he doesn't leave next month, and I don't think he will. But I'll be absolutely staggered if he's still a West Ham player
2: in the summer. Yeah, I, yeah, the summer's going to be testing, because the thing is, he'll go to the Euros if they're still on, and I think he'll smash it at the Euros, I think it'll be real, be even more valuable then, because who knows how well England will do in the Euros again, England, like anything, are very, very unpredictable, but but let's just say he does do well in the Euros, Um his stock's going to be even higher because he would have proven that he could do it on the international stage, not just the domestic stage. And, I, I you know, without being I mean, to sing my own praises, I said from day dot, this was going to happen to Declan and I think he's still, and I think he's will still get better and better to the point where there'd be no club that is without him being able to play for them you know and i'm talking the very 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 best i told you before if he was called declinio Ricio, i think yeah. he'd be or like he'd be in barcelona or i don't know juventus's thoughts i think i think he would be like i don't i don't see that he's not able to play that in the position that he plays defensive midfield where yes you know he, he hasn't got the skills maybe or the tricks to play as a as a number 10 or um uh, <clears throat> as a as a creative midfielder maybe but if you're looking for that defensive midfielder which is so crucial to so many successful teams you go through any team in history that's been successful even the most entertaining ones you know the Brazilian team of the 90s had Dunga the French team of 98 had Deschamps, um, Chelsea when they were good had McAlealy Man United, Roy Keane, Arsenal Vieira, Barcelona have had Busquets, you know Real Madrid have had McAlealy, you know the They've, they've always had that water carrier, so to speak. And Declan's better than a water carrier, but they've always had that player that needs to break up the attack and be that line there. And Declan's as good as anyone. So he will inevitably move on from West Ham. The sad thing is, is he loves West Ham and he, he loves the club. He does love Chelsea as well, but he loves West Ham. He would never do the dirty on West Ham. But unfortunately, why, why would he stay here? Yeah, I know. I
3: know. It's sad. It really is sad. Um, and i make you right with what you were saying about the owners. I think if this club were under new owners with clear, obvious ambition, the structure of the club was in place, the facilities were better, and we really had a future, then I think we'd be in with, with half a chance. But I, I think it's, a, it's definitely a case of uh, when, not if, with deck And it just amazes me hearing people talking about him that don't fully appreciate just how good he is. And we've covered this previously. But, I mean, even last night, I'm pretty sure Gary Neville was talking about um, how restricted he is with passing up. I'm watching it thinking, have you ever fucking seen Declan Rice play? And what I don't understand, right, is you look at a 21-year-old Declan, and in my opinion, he's an all-rounder. I think I do think he can attack. I think he's got a fantastic range of passing. Defensively, he's incredible. He can read the game. He's athletic. He's strong. He's versatile. He, he is an all-rounder. Now, I th- you could argue that he could add goals to his game. But what makes you laugh is when you look at someone like Declan Rice, these people always try and pick a, a, a kind of a, a hole in him as to why he isn't the perfect all-round footballer. What I don't understand is, you look at any of the top players around the world, you could pick a hole in an area where they're not an all-round player. You know, if you look at Claude Makélélé, for example, you used him. And I don't remember him scoring too many goals in his career, yet he's regarded as one of the best of all time. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah, it's, exactly. It, it, it's so strange how... People just outside of West Ham seem to keep find uh, trying to find a reason to discredit him or, or try and pick holes in him when, for me, he's just the complete all-round player that will only get better and better if, if that's possible. Because I'll tell you, honestly, he already represents his country. as a captain of West Ham.
2: I don't think he has to do too much more to be... That complete play player. Mate, the whole thing that Neville said was a fucking joke. The, the, the thing is, if he'd left the comments as they were, you could maybe say, okay, he thinks Declan's passing isn't that great. You know, maybe out of all of his attributes, it's not his strongest. Although I do think that sure. that is fair. I know fairly fairly harsh because he's yeah. he is very good as Carragher, rightly pointed out beforehand. So even if he'd left it as a criticism of his passing, which I would have been wrong in my opinion, but. Fair enough, you could argue he's better at interceptions breaking up play. I don't know, you could argue something... But he then went and compared him to McTomery and D- Eric Dyer. Oh, yeah. I and mean, I, Jesus, yeah. mate. That's like, that's like saying to, like, oh, yeah, when Cristiano Ronaldo was at Man United, for example, was he really as good as Luke Chadwick? Bless him, he's a lovely mm. fella. But was he really as good as Luke Chadwick and fucking, um, I don't know, what's, Chris Eagles or whatever their other wingers that was on the scene? It's a ridiculous comparison. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, And the thing is, right, They they do this all the time. Longstaff, how many times the fucking Newcastle fans go on about? How amazing Longstaff was? What's he doing now? I don't even know if he still gets in their team. Absolutely Mm. nothing. That can silence them. Then you get this Phillips of Leeds, yeah? looks a decent player, away to Barnsley, you know? But he has played like eight times in the fucking Premier League and already he's getting hauled off at half-time for being dire, like he was against... um, Man um, United at the weekend. The, these comparisons are just stupid. Why can't they mm. just let uh, let him be the the quality player that he is? It's not as if he's got like some like arrogance that you want to knock down. Like occasionally people no. to do with people in the past, like. Beckham for example you know he's he's had he's a modest chap a really likeable fella he's had the heartbreak of being released by his boyhood club at 14 then almost released by West Ham um and yet he's come back and got to the level he's got to, why can't they just respect it? Why is Gary Neville? And I know they've got to do it to be subjective. And sometimes I do it on this podcast. I argue against you sometimes just for the sake of an argument and to make it better listening. But in that case, he just makes himself look like a mug. And at the end of the day, you only have to look at his managerial career. Six months, was it, at Valencia, one of the better Spanish teams. And he got sacked and no one else has asked him to be a manager since then with player judgments like that there's no way there's no wonder that that's the case
3: yeah I know it's just incredible and I think genuinely sometimes they blag it because they don't know enough about the player that they've been asked about and rather than say "I, I haven't really seen him play that much they'll try and formulate an opinion and make it sound believable and just make themselves look stupid I mean to be fair I was really surprised at Neville last night because I like him as a pundit and I like him as a fella. And him and Carragher, I think, are great for Sky Sports. But um, I don't know. For me, I just think it's because he plays for West Ham. I think if Declan Rice was Declan Rice as he is now and was playing week in, week out for Man City, uh, he would be
2: regarded as one of the best players in the world
3: for his position. I genuinely
2: believe that. It's West Ham, mate. Exactly. It is It is that. It's exactly that. It's because he played for West Ham. If, I'm telling you, if Rice was at Man United and McTominay, who he compared him to, was at yeah. West Ham, he'd be saying how good Rice is. Yeah, he would. He would. Yeah, 100%,
3: mate. 100%. But listen, one thing is for sure. If you'd have offered me a top 10 spot at Christmas, I'd have bitten your hand off for it. So I'm feeling positive at the moment. And that does extend to the Brighton game uh, that's coming up. I mean, you've got a fancy three points against them, haven't you? You'd think so,
2: mate. I mean, at the end of the day, out of all the teams in the Premier League, they are one of the worst, I would say. Um... Yes, league table isn't like you know they are down there, but I think they they don't look dangerous at all. There's no one in there. T- I hate doing this when I say these things because then they end up beating us two <laughs> I look like, <laughs> yeah. like an idiot, but um, but, but but when you look at their team, <clears throat> there is no player in that team that you would think would get in the West Ham team. Really, I mean, you might say at the moment where we've got no strikers, Malpie, but then he's not even the most prolific, is he? Um, like I, I, there's really genuinely no one there that I would really want so if if you're going to pick any fixture this season that you think West Ham should win it's at home to Brighton
3: yeah definitely um, going back to the Chelsea game we asked our patrons who they felt the man of the match was Xu Fowl had a very good game. He came in at second place. We haven't spoken about him yet, but he is turned out to be Mr. Consistent for West Ham, and what a snip for £5 million he is, by the way.
2: Absolute Um, mate. I mean, if you saw the man man of the match poll for the Palace game, I don't think (laughs) I've ever seen a one-sided man of the match poll. He must have like got 90 seven percent of the vote something like that landslide. it was just absolutely absolute landslide and again he's got it absolute bargain i can't remember who it was i think it might have been the co-commentator yesterday whoever that was said what a bargain um he was and it, and it is so that and it proves to you or proves to people with the right recruitment and scouting out there and I've, don't forget we didn't actually scout this play it was a recommendation mm. from Suchek, but mm. if we're with the right systems You don't need to spend 30, 40, 50 million on a player. You need to spend 5 million like we did on the right player. And he is the right player. I don't think I've ever been as fond of a right back um, Mm. at West Ham for many, many a year. I mean, we're talking maybe Lucas Neal. I liked him. I liked Sebastian Schemmel. I like Glenn Johnson for the few games he played for us, um, Tim Breaker. But, you know, I'm, I'm talking right up there because, yeah, Fredericks, you know, Zabaleta, in fairness. I like Zabaleta, but he was at the end of his career and stuff in terms of what we've got at his age, etc., etc. We've got an absolute bargain there, mate. Mm,
3: oh, we have. We have. He's different class. I really like him. Really like him. Um, the winner of Man of the Match poll was Declan Rice. Um, Again, just eight, nine, tens every single week. Just he actually win it. Oh, when
2: I looked, I saw that Chafal was ahead. But no, I, very close, very yeah. close, but but Declan nicked it. Did he See, I, I would say Declan played well. I think he did play well in the grand mm. scheme of games. I wouldn't have said it was his best game, but the fact that he still gets them out of the match shows how good he is. Yeah, just consistency. He's, it's the one thing that's been lacking from
3: West Ham for probably four or five years now but um, you know to see that this season has been an absolute joy and you you talk about consistency as a group but that also starts with individuals and and Declan and Choufail it's the first word that comes into my mind when I think about both of them they both had fantastic seasons so far they really have but going back to the Brighton game when you look at the dilemma of whether to play five at the back or four at the back and and who to play in midfield and the ongoing argument with Hilaire, if Antonio's fit, and who'd you start on the left, for now's or Benny? If you're Moyes,
2: how are you approaching that game against Brighton? What do you do? Um, I think you've got to go to attack it and go to win it. So I would bring in Ben Rama. Oh, if Antonio, well, no, I'd stick with Hilaire for now because I don't know how fit Antonio's going to be. But bring Ben Rama in. I would I would look to um either put him instead of Noble or instead of Fornaus, I'd prob- I'd possibly have Lanzini in there as well. So I think I would have Ben Rama on the left drop Fornaus. I think I would have Lanzini in for Noble and go with that. Yeah,
3: and also with Lanzini, and I'm surprised I'm about to say this because I thought he was dead and buried. I've actually been quite impressed with him when he's featured for West Ham this season. I mean, Tottenham game aside, he seems to have somehow got that enthusiasm back. And he seems excited and quite hungry to play now. And it, it's interesting because Moyes, for some reason, doesn't seem to fancy now centrally. Yet I think, and I think you agree, that, that that it's obvious that he's more suited there than on the wing. Because I think if you are going to play three attacking players behind a striker, it's probably a no-brainer to play either now's or Lanzini in, in that number 10 role and Benny on the left. But yeah. it seems to be quite persistent with... Um, with playing Pablo on the left for some reason, but if he, if he is going to keep doing that and he does want to stick with a central three, then I think Nanzini is a shout to start um, in that three. Definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, well look at this stage I would normally ask you for your score prediction against Brighton but I think that'd be a bit of a waste of time because when it comes to predictions you're having a fucking nightmare at the moment oh, here you?
2: we go <laughs> 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 the, first, the first part of the season where yeah, you're actually ahead of me but yeah
3: <laughs> just biding my time mate biding me time it's business as usual now we've got normality restored in this competition No, we haven't because this we, we like, have, we
2: the have. Minute, no because the minute the mutant strain comes out look what happens <laughs> this is what happened last year the minute they start throwing covid into the mix i cap, i capitulate i mean and then shock mutant strain dave's in tier two loving life i'm, st- I'm stuck in tier four can't like really mentally challenged by it all mutant strain and then dave starts winning shock
3: i <laughs> know oh, i've just come back from a lovely weekend away exactly. to a restaurant tonight and uh and i'm above you now
2: in <laughs> the in the exactly. it's, it's pretty good for me at the moment. To be it's fair. all hand in hand, to be honest with you. But the thing is, as well, <laughs> I might point out to the listener, the big difference is, right, in our game, because obviously we're West Ham fans, the the most waiting on anything is the West Ham score, the West Ham-related um, stuff. So each week, Dave just keeps predicting West Ham to lose. And obviously, against Chelsea, I went for a respectable 2-2 draw. He went for a fucking hammering for West Ham. <laughs> no, I didn't. He did. For
3: a two-nil defeat, and I, yeah, was, I to be fair, I was pretty much right,
2: wasn't I? Yeah, but it's because you're such you know, you you want, and you were there wanting that to happen. I know
3: you <laughs> oh, <bollocks. laughs> were you were you're sitting playing there dirty now. You're playing dirty. That's you were sitting there when,
2: when we were one nil down, you're like, oh come on, just one more, <laughs> just one more, one more
3: will do. No, of course I didn't. No, you're playing dirty now. Uh, to be <laughs> fair, to be fair though, with West Ham that have constantly surprised me. That's a bit of a contradiction to what you're saying, because I've called quite a few games that I expected us to lose and we actually won. Whereas you've picked up points there. Your Achilles heel is across the board predicting general football in the Premier League. I mean, you've absolutely fucking crumbled, mate. You've you've gone down like a sack of shit.
2: Uh, Look at the league, mate. Look at it. Look at it. It's absolute carnage at the moment. No one knows what's going on. Well, I don't know, mate. Uh, I think the look at there. what would, would, would argue with you there? What Southampton to be doing this well?
3: Yeah, but then if you look at their form this season, I, I've I think I predicted them to win more than they've lost because they're looking a decent side. Definitely, you've got to look at
2: form as well, you see. Right, so Burnley beat Wolves. Okay, so we're looking at the league. Yeah, you've got Leicester in second place, you've got Man United third, Everton fourth, Southampton seventh, Man City eighth, Villa yeah. ninth. You know, you've got Arsenal in 15th place. I mean, what is going on? There's yeah. absolute carnage all over the show. Everyone's
3: in the same boat, mate. You know, the, the reigning champion is is here, he's back in the game, it's back to where it should be now. And in terms of the actual position, I mean, my heart went out to you, mate, if I'm honest, because you went from 187th to 209th, where I've gone from 175th to 161st. And there's over 100 points between us now, mate.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest though. If I predict one West Ham score right, then I'm exact. I'm right back up with you, and I'm just gonna have to start taking your tactic. I think and wanting West Ham to lose every game, <laughs> so that we can get back in this. Um, because you know, like that seems to be the key to this. I mean, you know that 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 has been the turning point for you. Um, I mean, it's a whole, I'm I'm the the fancy league is over now. Let's be honest. I've won that. You obviously yeah. chosen not to mention it, but this yeah. week I got 71 points. You got 42 i'm now pretty much 100 points ahead of you on that no No, they do no they do because the funny thing is in our prediction league we've probably got 400 people this game's got what 4.8 million people playing it you just don't
3: have to pay to enter that's why
2: no that's not (laughs) it mate that's because people are just much more into their fancy football and score predictions that's such a load of bollocks (laughs) no it is it is
3: to be fair yeah no I, i i see what you're saying but i think you know, fancy footballs either for you or it ain't. I think predicting football scores is so much simpler, which suits me as a human being, really S- a simple procedure for a simple man. Um, and it's good fun. And if you look at my form last year, you know, it was a bit of a landslide there as well, wasn't it? I beat you comfortably then. And it's just nice, really, that I'm back where I belong, just uh, above you and, and watching your steady demise. It's, uh, it's, you know, I, I, I'm not grinning the whole time because I do feel sorry for you, mate. You know, it's you, you can't buy a bit of luck at the moment. And I wish you well. And I hope you do call a couple right. But at the moment, mate, you're banging trouble. I mean, the amount of messages I'm getting left, right and centre, saying, so, Dave, you know, I shouldn't laugh, but X is shit at these predictions. do ducks slag him off. That's my mate. That is
2: no, um, no. As if you'd say that, you'd be encouraging them. Tweet him, tweet him, tweet him. See, this is this is the this I'm gonna, this is the situation. You know, I'm stuck in tier four. You know, things aren't going very well for me at the moment. Yet, rather yeah. than maybe ease up on the predictions, you're not like, <laughs> even fucking sort of predicting West Ham to lose just so you beat me. Like this is this is how competitive you are. Well, listen,
3: I will raise a glass to you in the restaurant tonight. Okay. Yeah, exactly. What's I'll, I'll I'll st- our drink? The only difference is I'll have to drink it, but I'll be thinking of you tonight, mate. This
2: is it. Well, I'm stuck in my house again for the bloody yeah. 100th day in a row. I'm going to go for the lobster linguine tonight, actually. I'm looking forward to that. I hope the fucking thing's alive and bites you on the fucking
3: nose. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> it's got plenty to aim for. <laughs>
2: He <laughs> get you whether it's alive or dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on,
3: give us your score
2: prediction for what it's worth against Brighton. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, uh, do I do this? No, I'm not sure. Uh, two or three nil. I'm gonna go three nil. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go for.
3: Yeah, I'd have said two or three. I, I think it should be comfortable, really, shouldn't it? I think we go five at the back to start with. Um, Benny in for four nows, in my opinion. Yeah. And if he's fit, Antonio for... Hilar, Benny Yoon, did you just say? But I call him Benny, didn't he? Uh, short for Ben Rama.
2: I thought you said Benny Yoon. Then I was going to say, this is what I'm working with. <laughs> <laughs> um, I,
3: I don't know. I don't know if he's going to come in your section. I don't know just how much progression Antonio's making. But if he if he was fully fit, which is unlikely, I would at this point put him in for Hilaire, but I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, uh, that's
2: interesting. Why would you do that?
3: Uh, Because just how good Antonio is and how good he's been. It's not even necessarily strictly a reflection on Hilaire. It's just that Antonio, before his injury, I think is equally just as important as Declan Rice this season. I mean, his goals, his work rate, um, he's been incredible. So, you know, I, I don't think Hilaire has been performing to the levels that we want him to. That's another contributing factor, obviously. But this is more complementary towards uh, Antonio, to be honest, because I do think we miss him. Um, and then I think if we do then need some more in the final third, then drop to a four uh, at the back and then play four nows as a number 10, maybe, or Lanzini. That's what I would do. But we have to attack the game because I do think they'll be there for the taking. They are struggling a bit and um, and I think we need to... Um, get back to winning ways after the Chelsea defeat in my opinion so I, and I think we'll do that I'm going to go for a I'm going to go for a two nil win
2: okay well, I might
3: just copy that
2: so that um, I get the 80 points <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not and a see. bad strategy
3: mate not a bad strategy you've got to try something because you're banging trouble at the moment
2: <laughs> What? <Well, laughs> I mean, how many points behind you at places did you say what 20
3: yeah, about a good hundred points, over a hundred points at the moment. I think. Oh, it's nothing.
2: It's a, it's a marathon. At the end of the day, uh, look, we're just. At the end of the day, if they could just sort this COVID stuff out and bring back normal football with crowds and stuff, then like last year when I beat you. you no, because you weren't beating me until COVID came in. <laughs> That's such a load of bollocks. Oh, your form started to really go to go like off the Richter scale in March time. Right, listen, let's hope your information is
3: better than your predictions. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West End Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon.com forward slash the West End Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West End Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West End Way podcast, Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind the scenes content, all of which for just
0: £5 a month. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today the fair oaks mall carnival is coming september 9th through the 18th free parking and the best rides in town ride the ferris wheel the superman the merry-go-round or one of our great kitty rides try the delicious funnel cakes and carnival food or test your skill at one of the games there is fun for the whole family for information amazing discounts visit dreamlandamusements.com through september 8th the fair oaks mall carnival september 9th through the 18th don't miss it